Hello, hello. Welcome to Chowderhead Sports here, coming to you live from Boston, Massachusetts, home of the greatest sports teams on all of planet Earth. I mean, we've got the Red Sox, the Celtics, the Bruins, Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. So we've got it all here in New England, and it's hard to complain, and I'm going to a little later. But we got some breaking news right now. Um, Aaron Hernandez, you know, former tight end for the New England Patriots, killed himself in prison last night. He hanged himself with his bed sheets. They didn't find him dead till like 3 o'clock in the morning. And I just want to speak on this a little bit. It's not really related to sports all that much. The only sports thing is that he was a former Patriot player. But this, this sounds fishy. For those who don't know, I think it was Friday. He was actually, so he was convicted once for the murder of Odin Lloyd. He got life in prison without parole. And then he was on trial for a double homicide that happened, I think, in like 2007 or something like that. And they found him not guilty. So he just got off of this double homicide like five days ago. We'll call it that. So his lawyer, and a lot of people were surprised by this, his lawyer was the same lawyer who defended Casey Anthony. Um, the mother who allegedly killed her daughter or her son. I forget the gender of the baby, but the baby down in Florida. Yeah, same lawyer. So very good at getting people off. And again, Hernandez, the double homicide. And the this this is just so intertwined. Uh, the murder that he is con convicted of currently is just a single homicide of Odin Lloyd. And the motive for killing Odin Lloyd was because... They believe that Odin Lloyd had found out about these past two murders, so Hernandez killed him in order for him to stay quiet. So now, it, it just like all fell through. If he's not convicted of these murders, then why would he have killed Odin Lloyd if he never killed these people in the first place? Like It's just very messy and kind of tangled like that. So, anyways, you know, four or five days ago, he is off of life in prison without parole for the two homicides. So he's only serving on one count of homicide. And then his lawyer says that he's very confident that if the appeal happens er, with his the one that he is convicted of with Odin Lloyd, then Hernandez will be a free man. He was very confident that Hernandez would, you know, win and not be in jail again. And it it's hard to know if that actually would have happened or not, but you definitely why would you kill yourself if you have that upside i guess that that potential at freedom i could see him killing himself if he lost this current one so now he's in you know he's in prison for homicide and then double homicide so now you're really serving for three homicides yeah then i see you're probably not getting out then yeah maybe you kill yourself that makes a little more sense but he just got off so he just celebrated a quote victory unquote and then he's told hey there's a chance you could get out and you're done you know there's a chance that you're not serving any time here you know let alone um you know you just got off this other double homicide but you could get off for everything and his lawyer believed it and take that with a grain of salt because lawyers are just going to kind of say whatever but 
you look at that and you say, wow, okay, I've got a chance at freedom, so I'm going to kill myself. It just, it sounds very fishy, sounds very unclear of why he'd kill himself. He he never showed any signs of, of um, you know, self-harm or, you know, being on their suicide watch. It's It's just not something... It just doesn't make sense to me, I guess. I, it doesn't make that sense to me why anyone would kill themselves. But if you are a prisoner and you have a chance at getting out, I think that's like the very last time to kill yourself. So I'm not suggesting there's any foul play. I'm not suggesting that he didn't want. I mean, you know what? That That's, yeah, sure. I'll suggest it. Maybe he didn't want to get out. And I don't want to, like, just jump to that conclusion, but maybe he didn't want to get out of prison. Like, maybe something worse was waiting for him if he got out, if he won the appeal, and all that. So, I don't know. Maybe there is something going on here. I wouldn't be surprised to find out that there's a little more to this than just he killed himself because he was in prison. The man just beat off a double homicide case, and... His appeal of his first homicide looked as if he might get off. So either he was guilty and felt guilty and, you know, just didn't want to live anymore because now, I don't know, just for that weird reason. Or he didn't want to get out and it was looking like he was. And I guess the third option is there was a little bit of foul play there. So we'll see. Um... But yeah, and and you know, I don't condone um I mean, I'm not going to sit here and like feel all that bad. He's I'm pretty sure he murdered people. Like I think he killed those people, the two people in 2007, and I also think he killed Odin Lloyd. Um but it's it's anytime someone takes their own life, it's sad um and and unwarranted. You never want to see that. So, you know, I guess the Hernandez family I'm sure is is grieving today. They just kind of celebrated a victory, and then now they find out that that Aaron is is dead. So that's it's got to be hard just on you know everyone involved. So I guess I do send my condolences, but at the same time, he was a murderer. So um, at least I think he was. You know, if he wasn't, then I I don't I don't know. It's messy, but anyways, yes. Yeah, so that happened. Aaron Hernandez committed suicide in jail last night. And I think that's, you know, a lot, a lot of people's headlines this morning. So uh, Chowderheads is going to tell you about it, too. So moving on away from that, I guess the other part of breaking news, which was a couple days old, um, is that, and a lot of people know, Isaiah Thomas's sister, China, uh, C-H-Y-N-A, she died in a car accident. Um, and... It just, it's, if you've seen the video of Isaiah Thomas before the game, before game one, he just looked so distraught, as any of us would be if a sibling passed, um, or a close friend. He he looked just destroyed inside. Uh, I don't know how he played um, both games, and he played well, but I just wanted to say my condolences to the Thomas family. I'm very... Um, saddened to hear of that passing, uh, obviously more so than Hernandez. Um, and, you know, I think Isaiah Thomas is, 
is learning that the entire city of Boston has his back. You know, everyone here, uh, you know, will embrace you. You know, if you play, if you don't play for the next couple of days, because I know like the services for her funeral and whatnot are coming up. So if you you don't play, no listen, no one's gonna care. Everyone's gonna understand. Everyone's gonna have your back, um, and hopefully, you know, the city embraces you, and you, uh, you know, realize you know just how much sports means to this city and how you know we love our players so it's it's not like i guess it's not really have to face this alone the whole city of boston is supporting you is feeling for you is you know sending prayers to your family um as is chowderhead sports we um we feel terrible about it when i heard the news i was just like oh my god i mean think about it isaiah thomas is playing the best basketball of his career the the celtics had just been the number one seed in the east and have a serious chance at making the the finals and isaiah thomas you know hears of this it just is so uh, unfortunate for him and you know like i said everyone everyone's feeling for him i think the whole basketball community is um so listen isaiah if you're ever listening to this i don't know why you are but if you do just know that um I send my condolences, and I am truly sorry for what happened. Um, and hopefully, um, you know, your family and you guys can, you know, just, I guess, take a moment to, um, you know, gather yourselves because it's it must be hard. I can't really imagine it, but it must be hard. Um, so I guess moving on to less, like, news and more, like, sports news. Uh, we're going to go with the Celtics first. Um, oh, my goodness. The Celtics, the Celtics, the Celtics. You guys, they, all right. With everything with Isaiah Thomas that I had just talked about is going on, and I give Isaiah Thomas a break. He Game one, he had 33 points. He was unreal. So when I bash the Celtics, just I'm also, I'm not bashing Isaiah Thomas. He shouldn't even be playing, but the fact that he is, I give him a lot of credit for that. The other... 14 guys on the roster, whatever it is. You guys suck. You straight up suck. All right, the the Celtics are the number one seed. You're considered, technically, the best team in the Eastern Conference. The best team in 50% of the league. And you're playing an eight seed. They're a bunch of bums. Not really, but they're not great. They're an eight seed. I think they're under five hundred for this season. And you lose both games at the Garden. And it's not like you didn't have Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas put up 33 the very first game. So he, not only did he play, not only was he mildly effective, he was extremely effective. 33 points, that's a lot. So where's the rest of you guys stepping up? Where's Crowder? I think he, Crowder only had like eight points in the first game. You know, Horford did his job game one, I give him that, but, you know, nobody else stepped up. And you're playing the Bulls. They don't have Jordan, they don't have Pippen, they don't got Rodman. You know, they're not the Bulls from, like, the 90s, and you're like, well, yeah, Zach, the Bulls, um, you know, aren't that great. No, it's the Bulls of, like, Jimmy Butler, you know, Rajon Rondo, who you guys used to have, the Celtics, um, and a washed-up D-Wade, like, Really? That's the team that's beating you guys? It's just, it's pathetic. 
that you're down, that you lost both games in Boston. Game one, okay, maybe, sure, everything with Isaiah going on, emotionally beat down team, I get it. Game two, no, 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 you got to win that. So the, the Celtics need to step their game up. I mean, it's already being down 0-2. It's unlikely you're going to win the series now, but it basically means you need to go into Chicago and win those two games or one of the two games, come back and win in Boston, then win in Chicago, then win in Boston. It's just, I don't know, it's messy. I don't like the way that the Celtics are playing right now. It's not even like good basketball. They're just, they're getting out-rebounded. It's atrocious. How do you, listen, if you're Brad Stevens, listen, I get everyone likes him as a coach, and so far I have no problem with him. But how do you get out-rebounded? I mean, the, I don't know have the exact stats, but they were ridiculous. I thought I heard, like, the Celtics had, like, 25 defensive rebounds, and they had, like, you know, 20 or something like that as well uh, of offensive rebounds. So if you can't even sit underneath your own hoop and grab the rebound, you're doing that only 50% of the times. That's pathetic. Leave a guy under the rim to grab the rebound. Is that that hard? Brad Stevens, Mr. Genius over there. You can't just say, hey, why don't you stand under the hoop and grab the damn basketball after they miss? Because it's not like, you know, the Bulls are a fantastic shooting team. They miss a lot. I think they miss like 53% of the time or something like that. So you can't go up and grab a rebound. I mean, really? That's that's where it gets me because rebounding is, is an effort. It's not just like, like, sure, a couple of them, it's just the bounce. Sometimes, you know, it just hits the rim the right way and kicks out to a guy. That's fine. But rebounding is a hustle stat. That's what it's called. It's called a hustle stat. So they're just not hustling. They're just not in position. I don't understand how if you got guys who are 6'7", 6'9", 6'11", how you can't get a rebound. It's just bad basketball being played. Pathetic. I don't like it. I don't I don't think anyone in Boston likes it. They you're the one seed, you come and lose both games. I mean, listen, you've got no chance at beating LeBron James and the Cavaliers. I understand that, but you should at least make the Eastern Conference Finals. You should you know, you should at least beat the damn 8 seed. You shouldn't drop both games at home, and that's it. The Celtics disappear in every single big game. Remember a couple weeks ago when I was like, oh, circle your calendars, this LeBron James, you know, game against the Celtics is going to be unbelievable. Both teams are playing for the one seed. You know, they're, the Celtics have two days of rest. They should be fired up, and they get absolutely obliterated on national television. Yeah, that was a big game that they blew, that they got destroyed in. Last night, after dropping the first game of the series, that's a big game. They got destroyed. Well, not destroyed, destroyed, but they did not play well at all. The Celtics are just straight pathetic. I mean, they lost 111 to 97 in a, quote, must-win game, unquote. I just don't understand how anyone can be confident. Isaiah Thomas dropped 20 last night. I mean, the guy's sister just died. And he's playing better than, like, everybody else. Horford, 7 points. Amir Johnson, the guy who should be getting those rebounds, 
four points. And he only had two rebounds. Amir Johnson, your starting power forward, who I think is the tallest player on your team, can't even get more than two rebounds. That's pathetic. Celtics going to lose this series. They're going to lose to the Bulls this round. And hopefully everyone wakes up from this dream that the Celtics are good. That the Celtics are a, a real contender. I mean, come on. Who the hell wants to come here? I mean, how do you convince a team that... Or not a team. How do you convince a player in free agency that, that your team is a real contender when you can't even beat an 8 seed? Like, you, you approach, like, uh, I don't know, Paul George. And you're like, hey, Paul, George, you're nasty. All right, if you guys don't know, Paul George is arguably one of the best players in the NBA. He is he is a phenomenal basketball player. Anyways, you approach me like, Paul George, we want you to come play for the Boston Celtics. We think that with our current roster right now, you know, we are just one piece away from being a serious contender for the NBA Finals, you know, for the next four, five, six years. But we need one more piece, and we want that piece to be you. If I'm Paul George, I'm going to be like, oh, really now? You're just one piece away? Didn't you guys lose to an eight seed? I mean, the Celtics could get swept. Because now you're on the road, and you don't know what Isaiah Thomas is going to do. Like I said, I'm not knocking Isaiah Thomas, but I'm just merely saying, you might not have Isaiah Thomas for Game 3 or Game 4, depending on you know what the services are with his family. Even if you do, you're going to have an emotionally strained Isaiah Thomas who put it all out on the court for the last two games and nobody else had his back. So if I'm a player, I'm going to look at that and be like, really? You're one piece away? No, no, no. I'll take my talent elsewhere. See you later, Boston. So it's sad. It's pathetic. And the Celtics are just shooting themselves in the foot right now. They're just like, oh, we have all of these, you know, we have a chance to go get a high market player. No, bang, we're going to shoot myself in the foot where he's going to look like we're trash because we are in the first round. It's just, it's so mind-boggling how this team cannot win in big games. I mean, do you remember last year against the Hawks in the playoffs? Sure, the Celtics weren't, like, they weren't the same team. I, I think they're... Statistically, they're better this year. Pretty sure they won games at the Garden, though. And and I'm, they were the lower seed against the Hawks. But they got destroyed in, like, a couple games. And then played the, you know, came home and barely squeaked out a couple wins. But they made it an entertaining series. And that team is supposed to be worse than this team. And this team can't even win at home. I mean, really? I don't know if it's the coach not telling these guys to get rebounds. I don't know if it's the players not knowing how to get rebounds. Maybe it's just, you know, a million unlucky bounces for the Celtics, but I'm going to highly doubt that. They, they just need to wake up and realize that you're not winning. No one's coming here if you can't win against an eight seed. You know, it's they're, they're, I think the slogan this year um, you know, every team has like a slogan for the playoffs. Like I think the Warriors were strength in numbers last year. The Cavs are like all in. You know, the Patriots was like do your job. The Celtics is, I think it's this year. It's it's not luck. Yeah, clearly it's not luck because you guys can't win a single game at home. It's just it's sad. It's sad. I don't know how on earth 
the Celtics even became the one seed. Because if you watch the basketball, the last, you know, two games in the playoffs, those do, that does not look like, it looks like the Bulls are the one seed and we're the eighth seed. That's how bad it looks. So, Brad Stevens, if you're listening, tell your team to rebound more. And if you are, tell them to do it again. Make, make Jarebko or, or Amir Johnson literally stand under the hoop and just grab the rebound. I don't care who he's supposed to be covering. Worry about that later. Just grab the rebound because they're going to miss eventually. It's just mind-boggling. So the Celtics, listen, I got the Celtics losing in like five games. Maybe they'll win one. They could easily get swept. It's pathetic. Anyways, moving on to the Bruins. The, you know what? Bruins in the playoffs too. And they're just a dis- disappointing. It the, the, the Bruins, oh my god. The Bruins should be up three to nothing. Three games done. They should have to only win one more game to beat the Senators. And that's not because they're better than the Senators. It's not like the Celtics where they're playing a lower seed. The Celtics are not a great team. But they barely squeaked out a win in game one. And then in game two, they had a three to one goal lead. So they had a two goal lead in the third period. And then they blew it. And then with like 12 seconds left in the game, you know, senior citizen Zdeno Chara, you know, who's who's 40 years old, barely can skate, and played 30 minutes of that game, flicks the puck over the over the glass and gets a delayed game penalty. So then when overtime starts, the Senators, you know, have a man advantage for the first two minutes. And then this literally, like, the second Chara gets out of the penalty box, they score and win the game. So the Bruins should have won that game. So they won game one. They should have won game two. So now they're up. Then they'd be up two games to, to none. Then they come back to Boston. And last night or two nights ago, it, yeah, it was bad. They were losing 3 nothing. But then they come back. They scored two goals in the span of like 30 seconds. It was unbelievable. And then they score again, and it's all of a sudden it's 3-3. It's tied. You're at home, right? You're in the garden. And you go into overtime and you lose. How do you lose that game? All of the momentum was on the Bruins' side. I mean, they they put it together. They They came back down from three goals they looked really good and then they couldn't finish the job I would have rather them just lose three to nothing without getting me excited that they might win it was pathetic it was so pathetic so you really should be up three games to none with one more game in Boston you could potentially sweep them and instead you're now losing one to two and basically tonight is a must-win game Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, very concerning. Um, Boston teams and must-win games aren't really the best, besides the Patriots. But that's, you know, because of the Patriots. So, anyways, Bruins. Listen, I get it. They're in the playoffs, and I should just take that for for what it is. That they're not a great team yet. They made the playoffs, but you make the playoffs, and then you have chances to win the series, and you continue to not win the series. It's just it's. 
it's infuriating to watch. It's it's not even like like the thing with the Celtics is they're supposed to beat this team and they're not. The the Bruins they're not supposed to beat the Senators yet they put themselves in great positions to win and then lose. So you don't get mad because they lost to the Senators. You just get mad at how they lost because they were winning by two goals or they climbed back from three goals to none just to lose. You know, it just, they're, they're not supposed to win this series. I don't think anyone even has them going all that far, but they could be beating the Senators and they're just not. That's what's so infuriating. So that's it for the Bruins and the Celtics. Those are my two playoff team takes. I can't deal with them anymore. Oh my goodness, it's brutal to watch just because you know they're going to lose somehow. Um, so put them in the closet, and we're going to go jump to the to some Patriots news. Not a lot, but um, the New England Patriots and Malcolm Butler. Well, I guess technically the Patriots got Malcolm Butler to sign the first-round tender, so technically... Malcolm Butler is on a New England Patriots roster. However, there's still talks of him leaving, trying to get traded somewhere, potentially to the Saints. Um, he has until April 24th, I believe, to come up with a new deal with another team. I'm not 100% sure on that date. That might be for something else, but I'm pretty sure it's the 24th that he can make a new deal. Um, so we'll see. I heard he might not attend the offseason you know, training, like, I don't know if they're doing practices yet, but, like, the workouts and stuff, I think, coming up soon, he might not go to those, um, I'm not 100% sure on how much interest he has from other teams, I know the Saints were showing interest, but eventually said that they didn't want to give up, you know, their 11th overall pick, so, you know, basically, he's on the Patriots roster now, so, I'm going to take that as a win. It's a it's a better step than yesterday. You know, we're in a better place than, you know, him not signing the tender. So I'll take that. Um, other Patriots news. Um, they signed a running back from the Bills. I think the, he's a restricted free agent, so I don't want to jinx anything and say he's ours. But they, they put an offer sheet to him, and I think the Bills have a couple days to match. Um, I, I forget his name. It's like Galepsi or something like that. I, he's not great. But it's just another inclination that LeGarrette Blunt might not be returning to New England, um, which would be sad because I like Blunt. I think he likes being a Patriot. I heard that we gave him an offer sheet and he didn't sign it. I don't know how much money was there, but um, there's just a good chance Blunt is not playing for the Patriots next year. So um, be an end of a running back era for us. And other news, uh, Danny Amendola agreed to take a pay cut. I love Danny Amendola. Because this guy values winning more than money, and that is something that um, a lot of people take for granted. A lot of people, as soon as they win a championship, just go chase the money, i.e. Um, Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins you know, was traded to the Browns and then could have gone to another contending team, yet he's staying on Cleveland and getting paid a ridiculous amount of money. So clearly there's some disconnect. Um, between players wanting to win championships and, and you know, as soon as they win one, they just don't care anymore. That is not Danny Amendola. He's taken a pay cut the last, like, three years. He took another one this year. Um, I know he was supposed to make, like, $6 million, and I don't know how much they cut off. It could be just, like, four. 
um, I don't think he'd be anything less than three million because um, you know he's getting up there in age. He's going to want to put some money away for retirement. But listen, Danny Amendola, you got to love that. The love that he'll he'll take a pay cut just to play with us, just to win. Uh, and you know, I think that is, um, you know, it's just it's an untang it's an intangible. You can't teach that. You can't teach someone to want to win. They just have to have it and. Um, a lot of respect for you, Amendola. So if you're listening to this, a lot of respect for you. Um, I think that's about it. Like I said, the draft's in a couple days or in like a week. I'm not 100% sure. Um, so we'll do some more draft day stuff. But uh, as of right now, Patriots are, like I said, on the back burner. So last team, we've already covered the first three. So we'll come full circle to the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox. I... Actually, a week ago today, I went to the Red Sox, and then I went again on Patriots Day. Um, on Wednesday, they got killed by the uh, Orioles. It was the game where Stephen Wright was just atrocious. And then Patriots Day, they won 4-3, to three, so that was nice. But there's, you know, they start off a little rough, and I'm going to give that to the fact that they didn't have uh, their full lineup. Um like, a lot of players were sick with the flu. The flu came through and just completely eradicated the Boston um, lineup. I mean, Mookie Betts was sick. Hanley Ramirez was sick. Um, uh, I don't know. Jackie Bradley, I don't know if he had the flu. He hasn't played yet, which is concerning. Um, but, no, the, 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 the Red Sox do look good. Um, they're currently 9-5, and five, so... I I mean, like, it's only 16 games into the season, but I think they're already showing signs of being able to, you know, score some runs. Last night, they won 8-7. to seven. Um, Like I said, they won, you know, 4-3, to three, then they won 7-5, to five, then they 2-1, to one, and then obviously they lost um, to the Orioles 12-5. to five. That was pretty brutal, but they've, they're continuing to show that they can put up runs. You know, they've consistently just have good at bats they're they're, everyone's playing well I think Mookie Betts has been a little slow but he hit his first home run last night and as soon as he hits one he's going to hit 30 of them um so very exciting uh to see his you know him I think he's more healthy now he was like I said he was one of the guys who was sick at the start of the year so I'm glad that he's back and I think you know now we're just starting to see him fully recovering the additions that we've made Mitch Moreland is out of his mind. I I think I I don't know if I ripped him on this podcast. I know I had um ripped him to other people just talking about him. Like game one, he was awful. Didn't get a hit. He didn't feel that great. I just was like, how is this guy a Gold Glove winner? Why would you bring him in? He's a bum. And then he he breaks the franchise's record for most consecutive games with a double. With I think he had seven in a row. He's got ten on the season. He's un he's unbelievable. Um, just just getting out good at bats. Uh, Pablo Sandoval has been playing good. He's had three home runs. Uh, his average is a little down, but I think he had a three-hit game last night, so that should obviously help him out. He swings at a lot of bad strikes. Well, he makes some strikes. He swings at a lot of balls. Um, you know, uh, and obviously he swings at baseballs. But I mean, balls is in like they wouldn't be strikes if he didn't swing at them. Um, but yeah, he's definitely a little uh you know, helter-skelter at the plate, but he's, you know, he's hit three home runs, and um, he's he's playing better than he was last year because he didn't play last year. 
because uh, he was fat. And, you know, now he's slim. He gets to play. So hopefully this will keep him true to his diet. Uh, Chris Dale has been unbelievable. Unbelievable. I love Chris Dale. I was freaking out when they signed him, or they traded for him, rather. And I love – he is arguably one of the best pitchers in the in Major League Baseball. I think he has, like, an ERA of, like, 1, 1.3 maybe. I don't know. He is he is nasty. He is phenomenal. Um, Red Sox are in uh, Toronto uh, for the next couple games. They played last night. Like I said, um, they play tonight, 7 o'clock, and then they play tomorrow at 12.30. So um should be interesting to see. The Blue Jays are falling apart. I know last year they were a playoff team. I think even they made it out of the wild card round of the playoffs, but they, they're currently – like what, two and eleven now I think. So yeah, they're having a rough start to the year. Um, so the Red Sox, you know what? I think if they sweep the Blue Jays, they'll be in good shape because the Blue Jays they're in a really bad place right now. Um, but you know, you we don't play them for a while. Um, so as, if you get these three wins on them right now where they're struggling, I don't think the Blue Jays are like you know that bad of a team. I think they're just you know try to figure themselves out right now. Um, so if you can get three wins against them early in the season when they're not really, you know, at their best, that'll that'll be beneficial for later on. So you know they start Red Sox start a little bit of a uh, little bit of a road streak, I guess. I don't know road trip. They play the Blue Jays and they go back to uh, Camden Yards to play the Orioles and then they're home for the Yankees and the Cubs. So that's pretty much it for the Red Sox there. Like it's still a little early in the season, but definitely like what I see from Moreland, um, Pablo Sandoval, Chris Dale, the new additions that we've made definitely are playing up to par, so um, that's definitely, I say definitely a lot. I'm sorry about that, guys. Um, but it is nice to see them winning, and it's nice to see their new additions playing to uh, what they were advertised. So that was pretty much it. Thank you guys for listening. This was Chowderhead Sports. Um, and yeah, Chowderhead Sports, and listen, Isaiah Thomas, stay strong, the whole city Boston's got your back, and Celtics, don't get swept by the Bulls, just don't. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Until next time.